We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience today on the show. We're going to be recapping a little bit of UFC Brasilia, because it might be the last sporting event for some time, and we'll kind of project out forward to see what the UFC is going to do. Uh, I'm going to give you an update on what you should expect on the Pat Mayo Experience over the upcoming weeks. We're still going with the regular format of the show every single day, but, you know, not a whole lot of golf or any sports on the go. So we're going to pivot a little bit to create some content that I'm pretty sure that people are going to enjoy. So... If you out there want to get into a draw for 20 DraftKings dollars, what you do, smash the like button for the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and tell me what kind of show that you would like to see coming up. I mean, obviously, it could be sports-related. It might be lifestyle-related. I was thinking about having uh, a personal trainer on or a dietitian on to figure out how we can work out from home, if that's what we're going to be up to. So I'm really open to a whole lot of ideas here. I do have a gigantic idea. We're going to be diving all in on the best comedy movie of the 90s and 2000s bracket. I have an entire slate of shows set up. That will be a lot of fun, because you can re-watch the movies. That will kill time. You can listen to the show. That will kill time. A lot of boredom out there with people staying at home. When the fights ended at like 6.30 or 8.30 last night, I was like, feels like 2 o'clock at night. I still got like six hours before I go to bed here. So I know that there is a demand for content. The Pat Mayo experience is going to have it for you. So spread the show around. You see it on Twitter? Retweet it. You see it on Facebook? Share it around. And if you do all that fun stuff, I have a way for you to get into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about this show, and boom, you will be in that draw for a hundred DraftKings dollars. I got the winners from last week. Now, it might take you a few days because everything's kind of on like a lockdown, but hopefully the money pops up in your account soon. The winners of the $100 giveaways, Boy 94 and Nog, that's with two Gs, zero, Two, four winners of 100 DraftKings dollars. Winners of 20 DraftKings dollars. The Chai City Bulls, Thomas Mr. 10, Murphy, Tristan Wolf, Michael Mall 06, and the winner from the UFC Brasilia show, Bank Roll Bully. Do want to let everyone know that Cuss Corner 26 drops on Monday morning. So update your feeds. You'll find it in there then. Paul Shaughnessy is in studio with me. Cody Saftik is on the line. You guys are heroes to everybody at this point. I mean, it was 
One, one request before we get to all of that. Okay. Um, this dietitian show that you're talking about, yep. can we please get Cust on with said dietitian and have him like tell Cust maybe what he's doing is not the greatest? No, we need Cust thinking that like his. His diet is the diet. I mean, go back and... I mean, we're trying to try diet to... Diet Coke is, is keto, so it's healthy. Yeah, keto-friendly. Yeah, pure cream. The healthiest <laughs> thing you can eat. Keto-friendly. But, uh, like, both of Friday's shows, uh, we did one with all of us. I did one with Davis Maddock. We're going to try to make the shows as evergreen as possible. Obviously, if UFC continues, we'll have the UFC shows mm-hmm. that come out. Uh, and those, you know, will be done after the event. We'll try to do some of these recap shows like we're doing right now. But, now go back and check those shows out subscribe to the podcast give all the likes around like in in this time man, and just spread the word of the pat mayo experience we're going to be trying to generate so much content we can really use the help out there to be perfectly honest with you the people that don't know about the show want to get into it hey now's the perfect time yeah the people who don't really know about our operation like me and pat basically just work together there's nobody else here for the most part so it's like we're pretty freaking quarantined as it is yeah like we i mean i see my family and i see you yeah that's, that's about it that's about my life I, I went to i don't see pat's family but no i see you yeah you see me i see my family mm-hmm. and i see you that's about it mm-hmm. and i mean Co- cody you're on the line cody yeah. i actually for both of you um we're gonna run through a list of winners here who really cashed in on ufc brasilia have you ever had a twitter experience like that before cody no like i i, I honestly look at it like i've had a lot of success giving out picks in the past but for whatever reason, like it's a grind, right? There's 50 events a year and you're always trying to give out plays and you slowly build up a following. And then it just so happened that the way that things played out with this whole coronavirus situation that with all the other major sports currently out right now, that we just got a lot of added exposure. So obviously there's going to be a little more eyeballs on this fight card. Obviously there's going to be a little more people that want to play MMA DFS for the first time. And then because of that, it's like I had all these people looking at it and then we crushed a seven fight parlay and we gave away, you know, tons of solid DK plays in the end. It was just like, it was a good weekend to come through. Now, mind you, and we talked about this before we, the show came on air right now, like we've actually been on a three week heater, but it just doesn't compare to this one because of the amount of extra exposure that was on it. So it's, it's very nice to have people. I hope that they have a real realistic expectation, but again, like I'm confident in our abilities and, you know, Paul and I have been doing the show for six years. Like, we know what we're doing, and it's just uh, it, it's awesome that people are jumping on board and, and want to give it a try. Cody, Cody, like, went absolutely nuclear. It so, is- like, I'm I, here, here's for people who are, like, kind of new to the show. It's like, I have, like, my odd, like, be a Malecki. It's just like, yo, that's a that chick's way bigger than the other one. Yeah, like, you showed me, you, you literally takes- showed me a picture of the two of them standing next to each other. You're like, that one's the underdog. I was like, the one who's, like, three times the size? Like, yeah, yeah. That, now that was a crazy as fuck fight, and we talked about it on the show, but, like, yeah. And the really what ended up happening is that. Veronica Macedo to break the distance. She just had to co- cover so much territory getting in and out of the pocket. She got exhausted against a much bigger fighter. So, like, I'm good at doing that. But, like, a lot of the times I'm just like, who am I to, to, tell, Cody. to tell Cody the GOAT? My, in my opinion, I've been saying on the show for years, Cody is the GOAT. There are other people out there who are very, very good and everything like that. But, like, I see Cody's winning tickets and like he fucking crushes it. Well, very, very regularly. So being so, I like the fact that Cody's finally getting the recognition that I believe that he should have had all along. So, um, I, I, I don't want to speak at a school on this, Cody, but as someone who gives out picks that are like losing picks, like I never want to put my picks behind like a paywall because people can either choose to follow me or not choose to follow me. But like, if Jeff or I hit a golf winner, it's awesome to see everyone win. That's sort of the fun in it. Like, yeah, it's nice. I'm not a professional gambler, so if I win, that's a nice boost for me. And it's great to see everyone else win. I talked to Cody. I was like, Cody, you kill this uh, in terms of picks. Maybe you should put your picks behind a paywall. Cody, what did you tell me? Yeah, just it's not who I am. Like, ultimately, I want to give out people free picks. I want to help people. And and it's like I tweeted out yesterday about Paul and I's show. Like, the difference between a tout and the difference between us is a tout tells you, yo, play this guy. You have to pick this guy. I'm telling you, this is who I'm playing. This is who Paul and I are agreeing on. And if people want to back that, then by all means, but I, I don't feel the need to ask people for $20, $30, $50 for my play of the week, my lock of the week. When it's like, man, I'm looking at my own bankroll. I know that I hit those plays as well. I, I don't need to profit any additional money off the fans. Like ultimately I know these are all that's like you said, right. When you hit a golf play and people tweet you like, that's the most gratifying thing. 
is when somebody from England or somebody who's got a wife and two kids and somebody messages you and like, oh, you know what? I watched this for the first time or or maybe they've been a long time follower of the show. And like you get a lot of people like, again, I've got 300 new followers over the last day and a half. But what about the 2,900 people that have been with me for a long time, right? What about those people that like help Paul and I grind up right from the get-go, right? So I would never say, hey, thanks for all that support over the years, helping us get to where we are. And now I'm going to charge you $10, $20. Like it's just, it's not who I am. So I just love being able to give away those picks and have people profit and have people enjoy that. And I know your platform is very much the same thing. Like you're putting out tons of content and you're not telling people like, hey, you're not going to get my master's play unless you give me this additional money. Like we also sell entertainment and we don't sell anything quite frankly, but like we're giving people entertainment. We don't want to be one of those shows that just it's two guys. Well, we have Bia Malecki. She stands five foot nine. She's taking on Veronica <laughs> Macedo, who is five foot four. It's like, we're not those people, man. Like we're two buddies. No. Paul and I have known each other for a very long time. We went to college in college. They'd be like, well, basketball, hey, hockey. Hockey. We'd, we'd squeak in that. Yeah. We'd squeak in that extra 45 minutes to just him and I talk MMA. And like he says, you know, maybe he, I hope he doesn't, but I guess if he's looking at it like, oh, Cody's coming on and giving the information, I'm just facilitating. Like, I, I don't look at it like that. I look at it like, yo, it's me, one of my best friends, shooting shit about MMA. And a lot of the time, like, I get all these ideas in my head, but he, he, he pushes it back on track and, like, you know, narrows it in. Like, if I'm passionate about a cry love, he can tell me it's a bad idea, but, like, I'm going to roll with it. But, like, there's a lot of other occasions where, as we're talking about it, you can see the wheel spinning in my head, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, fuck that. I'm off of it. Like he helps me incredibly. So yeah. it's not a one man operation. Like we do this together. And and you, Pat, uh, a lot of people probably don't know this, but like when Bookie Pete down closed down, it's like where do we do this thing? Like do we do we make a Patreon and charge money? I don't want to do that. But like, what other avenue do we possibly have to like keep this thing going? And you stepped up and you p- provided that as a as a platform for us to do our show. So I mean, I'm eternally grateful to both you guys, and I consider us a team. So let's do this. The fucking Robin Hood of MMA. Well, I mean, Cody put it a bit more magnanimous when he told me last night. He's like, why the fuck would I want to charge people pennies when I'm rolling in dough winning these bets? Well, he, said, he said that very humbly there. Yeah. It's just like, I'm looking at my returns, and I'm very happy with those. Yeah, I, so. I, don't, I don't need the pennies from the grind. Yeah. Uh, but no, but like your picks are actually good enough to put behind a wall. The reason that I don't, I would do it. My picks suck, so. I mean, if I tried to go tout, which I wouldn't because I don't know if I'm good enough. I, I love having Cody to bounce all of my ideas off of, and I usually don't make plays until I talk to, <laughs> to Cody. Cody. I'll come in there with ideas, and then when he was like, he was on board with being lucky, I'm like, fuck yeah, all right. Like, getting the Cody vote of confidence uh, definitely helps uh, helps me in my process, for so, sure. So, at Paul Shag on Twitter, at... CJ Safdick on Twitter, the Dogger Pass podcast, if UFC continues to go, which is a topic we're going to get to here in a second. Let's get to the winners. Uh, uh, yeah, well, get to the winners. People we'll get are, to the winners. People, people want to hear their names? People want to hear their fucking names. Okay. There so, are a lot of them. So here's what happened. So you guys did your show last week for UFC Brazilia. A lot of people tuned in. Then a lot of people tuned in on Friday's live show. Cody called in for about 10 minutes, uh, cussed, kept his mouth shut so we didn't curse anything. That was very good of him. And we talked through, oh, a, few, solid. We talked through a few of the plays. So you gave us three underdogs. They all won. I bet each of them individually and parlayed them together. So that was 10 and a half to one. And then you gave us like eight fights you were like kind of in on. And the last one, not KH Lee, Kevin Lee was the last one. The guy who lost the main event. But you were like, I don't feel very good about it because he missed the weight. So I, we gave it out on the show. We gave the eight fight parlay. We got super lucky when that guy... Drew with the 10-8 round yeah. at the very end. But like, yeah, that's what Yaya, Yaya does that. Yaya, Classic. I, Classic I think Barzola Yaya. totally could have won that fight, but like we yeah. kind of said it on our show beforehand, it's like, this guy never really fights the game plan that you think he should. So like he was getting invested in like the grappling exchanges against a guy who's so good at jujitsu. It's like all the times that you're like, oh, Barzola should just take this guy down repeatedly. He doesn't shoot for one for the first seven and a half minutes. I was still on him in DK, and like he would have... He would have pulled out, uh, but uh, but yeah, Yaya basically once he gets through two rounds, he always basically just starts, you know, flopping to his back, trying to grab legs. Like he's he's a fish out of water, and he just tries to hold on. And he was able yeah, to hold no, on. I'll- Luckily, we got that ten eight to push everything. That was well, dude, in this game. You got to exactly get lucky it. sometimes, right? You got to have things to have big nights like we of just. Of course, had. there's a ton of luck involved, but yeah, you need you need things to break right, and they definitely did break right. Yeah, things broke right there in that fight. I mean, because I think breaking it down is like, okay, Yaya's going to have a good first round. He's got a very limited gas tank, but he's one of these guys that has good grappling, high ring IQ. He'll figure out a way to grease out that first round. Then he'll tire Barzold, take it into a wheelhouse. 
thing is, Barzola took a little too long. He mm-hmm. won the last minute of the second round, but he took nine minutes to get going. Yep. So now we're down two. It's like, shit, we're going to need a finish. But not, not to sound like conceit or anything, but a minute into that third round, I knew we were getting a draw because I figured Yaya wasn't going to get finished even though Barzola was going to pound on him. And he was just done. If you look between rounds, between the second and third round, like his corner's trying to talk to him, and he's done. Like he's already done. But they tell him just go to half guard. Because half guard, you're not going to take that much damage. You can just stall it out. We're going to try to same thing we did against Masahori Kanahara way back in the day. Win first two rounds and flop over and die. But win the decision. But Barzola just starts smashing. Now I'm thinking, okay, we're going to get a draw. But maybe if he keeps putting it on him, we can get a finish. Yeah. And I was really hoping, like I know it was in Brazil, but there was no fans, there was no bias, and a draw was the real, like that was legit decision because I had Yaya up too. But one guy had. Barzola winning that second round on the basis of Yaya didn't do much in the second. Barzola put it on him. So I don't think we were off on that play. He wasn't a great price tag. We had him earlier in the week on the show at 185. He went off to like 225. Um, but yeah, again, you're going to need some bounces here and there. And I, I would have taken that draw happily on that one because I did think we needed either a 10 8 or a finish in the third. Yep. So, so the, the draw took the parlay down from like 98. 98- 98 to 1 to like 50 to 1 or something like that or whatever it was uh but it kept the parlay alive which was the big thing and then the next six like the six fights all won going into the main event and then talking to you on friday and when cody was on on friday which i now credit to be the most profit for per second the show has ever produced that you guys just (laughs) kevin lee you were just like yeah kind of thing i missed weight so it's like he already he's had he's had struggles with this before it's like he comes in misses weight and then he peters out in round three. It's like kind of exactly how that played out. So we were uneasy about him. Either way, like if he had won that fight, especially on DraftKings, like if he had won that fight, he was already at 43 and a half points in that round three. He got 43 and a half points in a loss. If he ends up winning that fight. Oh, he breaks the slate. You, you have you to have him, him. basically. Because yeah. he was 80. Like in our, in our uh, season long, uh, Brett runs a great low pool, uh, Brett Apley. Um, the DFS championships or the MMA championship or whatever it's called. MMA World Cup. Um, he was like 82% owned. So that's like all the DFS sharps. Like that's like, it's a shark tank. Basically all the good players are kind of in there and 80%. I think he was owned like 60% in most contests, but like 80, almost yeah, 83% owned in that contest alone. So it was an easy hedge for me. Like when I got into this, I already hit the dog parlay for over 10 to one. I can hedge out on Oliveira for 30 to one. Like, what's a reasonable expectation of what you want to win going into a night? If you tell me that, hey, I'll guarantee you a 30-to-1 winner right now, I'm going to take it. Yeah, everybody would. Yeah, uh, not yeah, everyone of, did. <laughs> no, no, some people like to let it ride. That's called a gambling addiction. When you know you can have guaranteed <laughs> money or you can let it ride and double that money, it's just like, why not take the guaranteed money? I think there's a difference between, between saying, I'll cash out of this parlay and make $100 and if I let it ride, it might make a thousand dollars. Like, what can you really do with a hundred bucks, a thousand dollars? It'd be nice to have in your pocket. Like, again, in that regard. But that, that's that's the key thing that people got to realize about Kevin Lee and Charles Oliveira, right? As as good as Paul and I were giving away our picks, right? You got to consider. It's like, how much do I like Krylov? Well, I'm, I'm actually also just fading Johnny Walker. I don't think Johnny Walker's ain't good. How much do we like Bia Malecki? Well, she's not very good. But the thing is, Veronica would say was half her size and not very good. Uh, you know, fading, fading Damian Maya, he's a world-class talent, but he's 42 years old, right? John McDessey, like, are you fucking kidding me? John McDessey, like, <laughs> of course we're going to fade this guy. So we're, we're picking, we're, we're fading a guy that's just like, this guy is going to lose the fight, and the fighter that we're choosing has got the skill set, and we do believe that he's going to be able to, to get the victory. When you look at Charles Oliver and Kevin Lee, like, those are top, top five guys in the world. Like, they're both mm-hmm. extremely talented. You're not fading either one. You're giving your opinion on who you think is going to win, and it, it's tough to go on to a preview show and say, hey, bet these guys and not talk about the main event. People always want to know about the main event. So you have to give your two cents on the main event. And, and my two cents was I, I thought Kevin Lee would be able to get it done before he ran out of gas. Turns out he wasn't be able to get it done before he ran out of gas. And again, Charles Oliver is such a dynamic striker now, and his, his jiu-jitsu is so on another level. He's a different level guy than he used to be, too. And, yeah, he's filled out his frame so much. Yeah. And like he, he's really he was always a strong guy, but I mean, he, he presents a lot of interesting variables for all the top guys in the world. Kevin Lee, who is a top guy in the world, but has struggled with inconsistency. It, it was no different. So it's an easy hedge out. It wasn't like we were fading Charles Oliver and being like, you can't take a punch. It's just like, man, this is going to be a really crazy fight. You know, people have asked me who I got. I got Kevin Lee, but the smart move on it was to pass all together. And because he happened to be on a parlay at the end of the night and you can easy hedge out on the opponent who was underdog money. Uh, it was a no brainer, right? 
Yeah, just looking at it, I think it was minus 125 and plus 110 by the time the fight actually went off. Like, if you're getting dog money on your parlay, it's not even like you cut your parlay in half. You still get more than half of what the actual hedge out is going to be. And it's at minus 125 and plus 110 is a coin flip, essentially. It's yep. just a coin flip with VIG. So if I can either flip a coin or just take my money, I'm going to take my money. But absolutely. to quote Millhouse, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? That time is now. So here are the people. I added it all up between people who screenshotted us, winnings of parlays and DraftKings, private messaging, people coming my, to you. My menchies, as Tim Andercus was blew saying, up. Never have never been more. Uh, never have they've never been that busy. It, it, well, it's funny because all the focus was on you guys, uh, at least within like you know, the fans of the show, within the community. People just wanted to get action down on this. Uh, it's reminded me a lot of when Jeff and I hit Willet at the Masters. It was the first year we had done the show. The Master Show was the first show that anyone like really got into, and we gave away a triple-digit winner. And then since then, people have been super gung-ho on Jeff and I's golf picks. Mm-hmm. So people tuned into you guys, and I added it up. Over $100,000 won by viewers of this show. <laughs> so Unreal. That's awesome. That's here. fucking amazing. Shout-outs to some people out here. Brad Brzezinski uh, won 2,400 pounds. That's way more than dollars uh, yeah. on, I believe, a five-fight parlay and turned 83 into 583 on DraftKings. That's a good night. Kyle Riv sent us the sheet of, like, eight separate two, three, and four-fight parlays, just different round just robins and combinations. Hammer City on all of these One, parlays. Every single fight on the card. I mean, he took, like, the... The three you know, dogs? The, yeah, he took the three dogs and, like, yeah, the seven, eight picks that Cody was big on and just... I think he was on Oliveira, too. Um, which yeah, that was his winter. up all of them as well. Like he just absolutely, I, I don't know how much he won, but it looked like a lot. Fred Shipley, 133 into 560 on DK. Ghost Rider, Nicholas Cage, 12 into 145. Our boy, Brian Reese Miller. He, he makes all those fun. Oh, yeah. He makes, makes all, all the fun gifts. And all the stuff gifts like are for Cust. Uh, he won the 20K sprawl, won himself a quick. Love it. Two thousand dollars. Ryan Dove won two won the two K flying knee. That was good for one hundred and seventy five bucks. Peter B Hard turned twenty dollars into fourteen hundred and seventy one dollars on a six fight parlay, and then he won the ten thousand dollar axe kick for another thousand dollars on DraftKings. Not a bad day at the office. Schmexmix hit his five fight parlay and cash on seven of his ten lineups that he put in. Daniel Antwine turned seven dollars and sixty five cents. Into sixty one dollars and one cent. That's pretty good ROI. Pretty good ROI. It's not bad. Nine to one ROI. And he's well, he's playing like the ten cent contest, the forty cent contest, and those people have so many people in them. It's hard to turn a profit on those. Nice bankroll builder. Our boy Riku, who the six thousand dollar is the lucky number for him. When he hits a golf winner, it's always out to six thousand dollars. And he's won like four so far this year. So what does he do? Doesn't know anything about MMA. Listens to you guys. Puts it in a contest. He splits the fourteen k title fight on DK four. $6,000. $6,000. Not a bad day at the office. Um, oh, yeah. Gorgantua, our boy, retweets yeah, everything. Big time fan, long time fan of the show. That one, Thank I really, you. I loved seeing him uh, being up there. Sorry to cut you off. He came second in the 15K leg sweep. That was good for $1,500. Shout out to him. Chopping blockchain turned 19 bucks into 201 Another long time fan. Ian, 24 into 150 And he said he just listened right before the card started and hit the time codes your guys' show. <laughs> that was an effective strategy this week. Uh, Jay had never played UFC before, and he turned his 20 into 55 so you're over doubling your money. Not bad for something you don't know about. Ben Crassley entered one lineup for $3, walked away with 127 Emay turned 69 Nice. Into $760, even nicer. Richard Daniels turned 30, nicer. Th- th- turned 34 bucks on DK into 700 And then we have the big ones. Moses listened to the pod in the morning because he needed to get action down. <laughs> then he shipped the 40K throwdown and won himself $10,000. No and, big deal. No big deal. And uh, less of a bigger deal. A guy who threatened to say if I took you guys off the air, he'd burn me with cigarettes. DFS wins. Moses at, with the burning bush. At, at DFS wins on Twitter. 50k 50 g's baby 50 g's that's a big day at the office 50 g's baby the big one the big one between dk and betting i won like two thousand bucks man it was great yeah a lot of people will be like oh they only do this type of stuff to like promote their shows it's like no me and Cody have been doing this for years like we legit actually love when our like people who listen to us and yeah win money like this this is great this helps people in their life it's a tough time for a lot of people right now so a little bit of extra money in the bank account. It's like we 
yeah, they're all winning. We were all winning. I had a great night. Cody clearly had a great night. You had a great night. Like, Jet, Jet Bay texted me. He had a great night. That was to be perfectly honest. Like everything really I fell into place. So. It was awesome. Think about think about last weekend and what uh, Zhang Wailei and Joanny jo- jo- and Jacek had to endure to get a fifty thousand dollar part of the night. Yeah. Bonus. <laughs> <laughs> think about that, man. Did you see Joanna's face? <laughs> Yo, I saw. Yeah, I saw the pictures from today. Like what it looked like now, and it's just like, oh my god! I thought it was makeup efforts, but uh, yeah, that's that's what fifty thousand dollars will run you. And so, it's the best place to make fifty thousand dollars is from the comfort of your own home, watching that. Absolutely. This this is true. So let's talk about what's going on with the UFC going forward here. So UFC London was set up for this week. That ain't going no more. And then the Columbus card and the Portland card were supposed to be moved to Vegas, but Vegas put a kibosh on everything that's going on. But Dana White is still out there trying to find Vegas ways. Vegas did not necessarily put the kibosh. Th- they, there th- was th- reports I- from some reporters oh, okay. that got that. And then uh, Bob Bennett, who works for the NSAC, uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission said that they're going to make a decision on March 25th. So there's probably some some greasing of the wheels, if you will. Okay, so that was um, that wasn't fellas, official. Fellas, like, fellas, fellas. There's a, there's Dana a possibility White. that it happens at the apex. Dana still, White runs Las Vegas. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Dana That's why White I said there's there's wheels it. getting grease. That's why like they kind of backtrack. They're like. All right, let's see how much Dana's willing to pay to get these things to go on. We'll 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 let them uh, run run. It, it is their property. Yeah, I don't know. There's 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 also there's also like a history of this where it's like, oh man, UFC or MMA is not regulated. And it's yeah. like Nevada steps up to the plate because Lorenzo Vertita is on the board, right? And his family donates a lot of money. He's on the the Nevada State Athletic Commission board. Okay, MMA is now legal in in Vegas. And since then, or in Nevada, and then since then, it's just like, man, it's their premier location. They spend a ton of money on the economy. And think about it. John Jones has a failed drug test. Oh, no. Uh, what are we going to do? They're not going to allow him fight. It's to just fight like in they California. don't mind. Let's go to Vegas. They don't mind moving in an entire event yep. to Las Vegas mm-hmm. because Las Vegas will let them do what the fuck they want. Yeah, and it, it's like they're set up. So I think that even if Vegas says, okay, boys, what we'll do for you is you can't go into a stadium. You can't go into a well, not stadium. You can't go into any like large venue because we're trying to do this less than 500 people in a, at a gathering kind of thing. Maybe Nevada puts a rule like that in place, but they're definitely going to allow the UFC staff and the fighters in their corners to go to the apex and, and fight there. Uh, and, and again, when we go back to like, well, why, why is it worth all the trouble? Like they've got to redirect all these flights. And like, do you know why he went through all that trouble to save the John Jones fight? Because there was mind to be like, first and foremost, this guy's all about making money. He didn't sell the UFC and not retain a staking interest in it. He has an interest, and he's in the interest of making money. And that's exactly what this is going to come down to. And, and I think they're going to proceed with it. The card will be changed, so it's hard for me to say, you know, yeah. tape study this guy, tape study that. Like, I got to kind of wait to see what happens because I got a feeling it's going to be a lot of local guys. I got a feeling if you are a four-in-one fighter at Extreme Couture in Las Vegas, you again, <laughs> I'm fighting the UFC, you know? If you are local and you know how to throw hands, you are getting a fight. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be guys under roster. And I think they'll go ahead with just like watered down versions of what they're already doing. Yeah, Helwani tweeted out something about like UFC quote unquote London, obviously not taking place in London. But it was like an email sent out from the UFC to like managers and whatnot. Yeah, you need to be like you need to have a work visa and be in the country they're already. Like basically, basically, yeah. If you're in America and have a winning record, like Call us up. You're in. So Slip into our DMs. So, I mean, a lot of people seem to have a problem with this. So all of the other sports leagues are shut down, and then you have a lot of people going after Dana White like, this is irresponsible to keep this going. But I think about it, and he's not forcing anyone to fight. The fighters are saying, we want to fight. Yeah. And I'm sure, especially if they can do it at their own facility. So you have your crew. You can test everyone off-site. If everyone passes the test, then... They're not infected. They can come in. They can work if they want to. You're mm-hmm. not forcing anyone to do it. I think that has to be the big part of it, that you're not telling people that they have to work to put themselves into danger about this. So if they're at game and the fighters are game and they all pass the test and you have complete control of this facility, the biggest thing between the UFC right now and all of these other sports is there are so few people. Like, 
the amount of people that it would take to stage one of these productions in an empty arena between the fighters, the management team, the cameramen, the director, the producer, is like the amount of people that play per week on the PGA Tour. That's not including caddies or people doing shot tracker or cameramen or the entire production team. If we talk about the NCAA tournament, now you have 64 teams of players, entire crews, announcers, everything like that. The UFC is so small in terms of what it needs to put on for a production it's realistically the only one of these things can actually get away with this and somewhat do it safely i think and because and they don't care and they have well and as cody alluded to it when he was talking a second ago like there's a history here of like they weren't allowed to fight anywhere so like dana's going back into like his early roots where it's just like they had to like go state to state there were people calling human cockfighting and stuff and so like they're used to like not being accepted. Um, here's yeah, here's kind the of whole sports gun like that. Yeah, like yeah, like John Mc, John McCain was calling for it to be like banished, never allowed again. Like that was he was waging war against it years ago. And now it might be in like Olympic New York sport. didn't allow yeah. it until like three years ago. Like it was not allowed in the state of New York until three years ago. Like this is this is kind of the history of the sport. I'll say this is just like if any of this stuff gets canceled, like. I completely understand. <laughs> I completely understand. Every other sport is canceled. It is what it is. But let me tell you, if there are fights on, we will be here making selections on fights, <laughs> betting on fights. I'm weak. I'm weak. I need my fix. And the UFC is the only show in town. I'm here, sorry. But here's the thing, though. If people are saying, like, you know, the outrage people for all of this. Fine, be outraged. Like, mm-hmm. you have your voice in all of this, and you don't understand why this is going on? That's fine. But don't also be the person who's fucking outraged than the person going to bet the card <laughs> on the weekend, too. Like, just pick pick a side on this. Like, if people are willing to do this, and they can do it safely, and if you're Dana White, you see, there's nothing else on. I'm very curious to know if the ratings were for I, UFC Brazil. I think on Instagram, he quote tweeted a screen grab of trending on Twitter and just put a smiley face because UFC UFC Brasilia was the number one trending thing on Twitter. But but Cody, like you've worked in UFC combat sports. You currently work for the Fight Network, which does all of this stuff. And you've known the history of Dana White. Like has there ever been a better like he's made the UFC basically out of nothing and made it into a mainstream style sport. But it's still the same as golf and NASCAR in the pantheon of American sports when people look at it. If he can continue to put on fights when there's nothing else going on, like obviously he sees the opportunity where this can take the UFC to a new level and just create new fans, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the benefit of the UFC is like what took the UFC to these unprecedented heights? You know, maybe it was right place, right time, and that the you know people finally had an appetite for this. But like Dana White's a massive part of the company's success. Like he himself is a bigger star than ninety eight percent of the roster. If there was a lineup to meet, you know, a top five guy in the UFC or meet Dana White, like most people are going to go see Dana White. Like he's kind of like a cultural figure in in that sense. But here's his advantage: is that like he's not a politically correct guy, so he's not Roger Goodell or Gary Bettman who have to answer to a board of directors who are saying hey man my arena's shut down so we can't play and you got to do something about it he's a guy that when loretta hunt called him out he goes online being like you fucking cunt you bitch and like this is the president of a major company and he's just he has no filter he does what he wants right so if people come at him and say hey man you got to put a stop to this he can just say fuck you which is essentially what he's doing right now and there's nothing different. It's just Dana. That's what you've come to expect, right? It wouldn't be like Dana. another sports organization where that's a major story. Dana tells a reporter to go fuck themselves. Like, imagine Roger Goodell tells someone to go fuck themselves. Like, that's front page news. So, like, Dana, that's just like another Tuesday afternoon. I so, mean, yeah. he can just, he can be the lightning rod and take all the flack, whatever. Yeah, and when the thing gets cleared up in a month from now, and a lot of people are like, you know what? I appreciate it that the UFC kept on because in these troubling times where I didn't have anything to do, I watched fights. I had something to do. You know what? When when eventually this thing does pass over and, you know, God only knows what the situation is going to turn into, but eventually, you know, human rights will prevail. We will beat this thing. And if we look back and said, oh, geez, you know, he stuck it out where a lot of people didn't. And, you know, there might be an appreciation at the end of the day. It's just he's got to stick in it along. And, and, okay, what Paul's saying is 100% correct as well. If they said, yo, we're not doing this, like, I do completely understand that as well. But what, what you were saying, Pat, like, hey, maybe 100 people between all the fighters, 
there's 12 fights on the card. There's 24 fighters, right? You give them each a corner man. Maybe you give them two corner man. We're looking at 75 people. We've got a 25 per, per production team, including, you know, our officials and all that. Okay, we've got 100 people in the building, right? Is that any is that any less safe than going to the grocery store where there's a 200 people? Like, is it is it? Am I do I have more of a chance of contracting something going to the Apex Center where everybody's been tested, or tests, going to the Walmart? Then- Going to the Walmart where there's 350 people fucking stocking up on supplies and none of them have been tested. So what, what's actually a safer situation? And so if he sticks it out, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. So I think what you were saying, Paul, is that if you, you if everyone's ha- getting tested, you have to you have to be able to test them and know the results of that yes. first. And I think that's where it goes because if this goes the other way and then a whole bunch of people contract it because it's of be really this, bad. it's going to be really bad for them. Yeah. So it's a it's a big risk and you're risking endangering the health of people which is not great i i would say the difference between a hundred people going to a fight card and doing this at the apex center where you can basically that's like a mini quarantine if everyone is safe because you they can they have access to allow in and out so if you know that everyone doesn't have it you can quarantine people basically in there and then when the fights are over you can go like sweep it and make sure that it's not around i think that's how this works i'm not a scientist no. i assume that they have yeah, no, I, for this I, but there's I, gonna but, I, I but, there's, but there's gonna be so much money behind this not just from the ufc espn seems to be fine with it like hey content perfect <laughs> and you don't think that the sports books are fucking lining up for this the amount like, of the, the amount of money going mo- on like, the amount of money like you talked about that's usually, gonna cost to get this thing overturned is gonna happen yeah the live betting market last night like usually, I, usually it's a lot softer when there's basketball and hockey. Like they had their best line maker on last <laughs> night. I only was able to like live bet. I got Trinaldo by decision after round one. Um, the line one isn't even like it was like minus one twenty five or something. That was like the only live bet I got in on. Usually there's like multiple mistakes, easy like great spots. It's like the there was obviously so many more eyeballs on it. They had their best live odds maker on the ball like it was it was a little bit a little bit harder than your usual uh, fight night card on a saturday night right right and think about that right so nevada is a state that's essentially based on gambling so they're not closing their casinos down what's more dangerous a casino or the apex center with 100 people in it like i i think ultimately they'll make the decision of like ah you know what the books are still making money people are still making some money here uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep this rolling. I can't see them being the reason that they kibosh it. The reason that it would get kibosh is like Pat said, is that they take some local fighter, last minute replacement. He comes on the card and he gets fucking half a dozen people infected, and then yeah. those people in turn spread it, and then it, it, it's an issue. But like again, so my stance no, not, on it let's is let's not uh, get but, Daquan Townsend on this one, eh? With his, uh, with his yeah, fentanyl yeah, metabolites. Yeah. Who else? Who who knows what else he's sharing? <laughs> Right, but but speaking of that, right, so my girlfriend works at the uh, Native Women's Resource Centre in downtown Toronto. So she's in downtown Toronto, and Ontario is obviously the spot that seems to have the most infections as far as Canada goes, and she's right downtown. She deals with these people on a day-to-day basis that are homeless, that are off the streets, they're drug addicts, they're prostitutes, they're victims of human trafficking. Her work's not shut down. She's got to go there, and she's got to be exposed to these people and deal with them, right, because it's a service, and, like, Life has to go on. So if she gets exposed to somebody, she don't know. She comes home. I'm exposed to it. Now I'm infected. I didn't do anything. I self-quarantine. I'm hanging out at home having a beer. I didn't do anything wrong, but I got infected. So, like, that situation is just as random as somebody getting infected at the UFC Performance Institute. The benefit they have is that they're all being tested, whereas we aren't being tested. And I would think, like, the best place to have a heart attack is, you know, at an event because there's paramedics there. Like, in this case, it's like they're going to be more on top of it because – it's an issue and they're going to take all their precautions and we're less on top of it because we're just a general public. We don't know. We're not getting tested. We don't have an idea. You could be infected for two weeks and I know these guys would know. They would know, geez, you've been infected for three days or Hey, geez, you've been infected for, you know what I mean? Like you're, they're going to have more information available to them. So if anything, you know, one of the reasons I'm thinking they should keep going is I think in the same with horse racing, horse racing still going. They closed down the grandstand. They said fans can't go to the grandstand, but they're still going to put the product up on TV and now TSN is interesting in coming and picking it up because they need the content. It's a good for business, but at the same time, like there's not been one single outbreak on Woodbine entertainment group property. None of the racetracks have been one single outbreak. So is it fair to say we're going to close down all the racetracks because everybody else is closing when we have not seen one single, or do you wait for that one? Problem is if you wait for that one and then this thing is really a big issue then it's like oh you waited too long but i also think it's fair to say we're going to ride this thing out until it becomes an issue and then we'll deal with it when that time comes as well 
We're taking this shit out to international waters. So dead. So here, at some point, here, here were like. my ideas on if Vegas doesn't Frederick allow them Tatum. to go. The uh, yeah, you have Dredrick Tatum versus a monkey with a knife. That's going to be what UFC like two seventy five or something. Two forty nine. Yeah, Khabib versus Tony's taking place on a boat. So. All these cruise ships. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There, there's a lot of empty cruise ships going around right now. Just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they are like known for being the number one spreader of. I mean, you get someone on there to clean it off, you know, or just Dana's yacht, or the people that actually like own the UFC, the Macau guys. You know, they have like mega yachts or something like oh, that. WMEIMG. I'm sure there's plenty yeah, like, well, get, of investors. Get that the yachts, yachts over here. Get too. the broadcasting equipment out. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but that's the thing. Or you could do it. I thing. mean, I'm, yeah, we're not doing it. Dana's doing it, and we just want to be here to bet on it. Yeah. If if, if somehow they pull it off, we'll, we will be here. Um, you could do it like WrestleMania two, where you hold it in a bunch of. You can have like six fighters in like three different cities and the card is just between like isolated locations so if a hundred people is too many to have at one facility good idea actually maybe you break it down to like 30 at each facility and really kind of knock it down if you can have the broadcast feeds going out like i know with my time working on the olympics that the canadian olympics coverage uh most of those announcers aren't actually on site they just get a video feed of it. Mm-hmm. They have a little headset on, and they're doing the commentary from, like, the office. Yep. So you can really kind of spread it out that way. So that's one that could work. Uh, or you can just move it to a place that there are no coronavirus outbreaks <laughs> yet. So I have a list of places here. You ready for this, Cody? Yeah, oh, yeah. So it seems to be that most of the places, and this is as of Sunday, so I don't know. And I don't know how great the uh, testing is in uh Eritrea or Laos. Nigeria, Nigeria has none, right? Nigeria. I don't know if we're going to Eritrea with this. No, what I'm, the, but a lot of the places that don't there, have it. I think. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's the biggest that's concern. Pirates. Season. Well, if you go to international waters for these fights, like that's who's going to shut you down. Pirates. Yeah, I'm the captain. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah, he has to beat whoever the champ is. Somebody takes Dana's job. Yeah. So. I think the most logical thing, if you were to actually do this and move this to a remote location, the Caribbean seems to be the best spot. You have low populations of people. It's super hot out. And tax havens. Tax havens. But it also seems to be very few people that live in these countries. So like Bahamas, Barbados, Belize. If all these places are like clean for the most part, I mean, that's not an outrageous option. And they would have the infrastructure to broadcast this stuff too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, that's Has there my... been any outbreaks in... Has there been any outbreaks in Alaska? I don't know. That's interesting. I, I'd be going there. It's too cold for the disease yeah, to survive, first off. I, I thought All you need is your U.S. visa. You can fly. Well, here, here's my misunderstanding about the entire thing. There's no pirates either. I thought it was the heat kills it and the cold keeps it going. I might be completely off oh, base shit. with that, but that's how I thought it worked. I thought heat was like bad for the virus. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, yeah. man. But anyway, any way to make this safe, if you can pull it off safely, the biggest danger is not only, like, if there's an outbreak, there's an outbreak. If they say they tested everyone, they say they tested everyone. The thing is, if you have one of these last-minute fighters and the test doesn't come back, but they put this idiot on the card anyway, that's where the real problem is. Like, if the fight card has to be, and I I feel, I mean, this wouldn't be a great DraftKings card, and DraftKings would just, you know, kind of be shit out of luck on this one, which sucks yeah, for us, five, obviously. If it was like a five-person. If, if it's a five-fight card, like, what do you do? Yeah, we may end up in that situation. Because there's going to be lots of people who don't want to fight, and good on them. If you don't want to fight, you, you don't have to. Absolutely. And no one's holding it against you that you don't absolutely want to. Absolutely not, no. So, by no, a vo- but, some, but there's going to be somebody chomping at the bit to take your place if you don't want to. Yep. But, as long as, but even if it becomes a four-fight card or a five-fight card, whatever it is, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook is happy. The books are happy. Fans are happy. They have something to bet on. And it's not even just something to bet on. Something to fucking watch. Like, people are at home, like, legit bored. Because they're doing the right thing by staying at home. It was, like, seeing, like, MMA kind of go from, like, the ugly stepsister to, like, Cinderella overnight has been has been pretty hilarious, to be perfectly honest. And seeing all the excitement, all the eyeballs yesterday, so it's like, it felt almost like a McGregor fight, and it was Kevin fucking Lee versus <laughs> Charles Oliveira. And listen, like, we're... We're hardcores here. We love those guys, and like we're we're watching that shit every single week. But it was kind of crazy Man, you to see the you, number you of people interested hardcore. in that shit. What's up? You think that's hardcore? Think think about this, right? So a number of people because ESPN picked up the whole card. They have no content. Instead of being like, yeah, we'll pick up the prelims after the first three or four fights, they're like, give us the whole thing. We'll take the whole thing. So there's a lot of people tuning in. 
never watched MMA before, mm-hmm. turn on ESPN, and they watch Veronica Mastato and Pia Malecki, and they were probably like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Well, but it's like, that's not MMA. Like, well, for, although they both put it on the line. They just had limited skill set. Uh, it's like, oh, man, it, the sport is actually much more beautiful, I, I, I swear. Well, that, that, that's the whole kind of irony between the whole thing. Everyone was so jazzed up because they were winning bets and there was live stuff to watch on TV. They were super pumped. If this was, if all things were normal at this moment and UFC Brasilia went off on a regular Saturday night like it was supposed to, it got moved from 6 to 3 p.m. If it had been a 6 o'clock card and like the regular standard of it, everyone just would have talked about how dog shit this card was, wouldn't they? <laughs> Yeah, they would have been like, oh, man, it went to decisions. Oh, it was decisions all over the place. Oh, did Kevin Lee? What was up with that fake tap, man? I totally went to post out like that, man. It's like you would have, but all things aside, it's like, yeah, yeah, that would have been the talk. And also, like, you know, me, Paul, and two other people would have hit the parlays, and we'd be happy, and then the life would go on, you know? Like, this was just a unique situation where it's like there was way more eyeballs on the product. And then, yeah, I mean, I would love to see the final numbers and being like, was Kevin Lee and Charles Oliveira one of the most watched fights of all time? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the numbers will come back to. It was a free event, right? It wasn't like it was a pay-per-view or something and there was nothing to watch and people had to decide if they wanted to pay for it or maybe they wanted to try to stream it. Streaming services would have, dogged, would have died right out, I assume. Like, if there was that much viewership on it, it would have probably been hard. But regardless, like, I want to see how many people actually tuned into this. And then I want to see if once this thing clears over, are there people that watch this for the first time during the next two weeks? They watch fights for the first time and then decide, hey, man, I like this. Like Exposing people to it, you hope that maybe, let's say, a million people watched it that wouldn't have watched it. Even if you can retain like 1% of those people to come back, 2% of those people to come back and watch your product and become fans. And then it's just like, it's more than just making money in the short term, which is what everyone's looking at it like. Oh, hey, man, the UFC is just make, looking to make money right now because no one else can and this and that it's beyond that, right? It's, Hey, uh, this is a chance for us to like get all these new eyeballs and like increase viewership down the road. I'll tell you one thing they should do. This is like my last little bit on that is Dana as greedy as they are is they, they should be donating money. They should be doing a lot of like charitable stuff right now as well. They don't got to go like fighters, go visit people, charitable stuff, because like, again, you probably do want to self quarantine, just like avoid people for the next little bit. But they should be they should be in a position where like, hey, we can still have events. We're still making money. We understand that the public is hurting on this. Let's donate money. And that's going to cause people to be like, you know what? These guys aren't bad guys. They're donating money. People can't make money right now. They are still in business. They are still making money. You got to have that positive image. So horse racing is the same thing, right? These guys, um, they're still allowed to race right now. We're still racing six days a week. So we can still make money. But there's a lot of people out of work right now. So a couple of the drivers last night, we're like, whatever we make, we're donating to these, you know, various causes because we understand that we have a luxury of still being able to go to work and some people are not going to make income for the next two weeks. Or some people are not going to be able to afford childcare. And like, that's why I mentioned that thing on Twitter. Like the best part about winning people money is like, I understand people are probably in a tight spot or could be in a tight spot or know somebody in a tight spot. So everybody likes having a little extra money in their pocket around the holidays. But this is an emergency. This is a crisis. And like, you want a little extra money in your pocket right now. So all those people that you listed that you, that you mentioned and all the people that didn't tweet in or all the people that didn't write in, like to all of them, it's like right on, man. Like this, it was good timing for sure. Right. Yeah. I, I, I know my, uh, like did my son's childcare is now canceled for the next two weeks. So between my wife and I, we need to figure out how to watch, like we both work and we're both still working at the moment so we need to figure out how to divvy up our time in order to make sure that he's taken care of and you know, we really kind of had to plan it out like how can i continue to do content i mean i guess we'll just go to a night shoot <laughs> that seems to be the easiest way i can watch the mm-hmm. i can watch my son while she's at work or if she works like a half day mm-hmm. or works half the day from home and and we have that luxury some people don't have that absolutely. luxury and they're absolutely fucked so you know you know, between I mean I won a bunch of money and like I gave some away this morning like people who are in need I know there's a lot of people in this industry that are freelance writers and if there's no sports going on like they don't have money coming in that I don't know, I think it's time to kind of band together a little bit and help each other out I, I see nothing wrong with that especially you know if people are winning money like this like this is one money if it can help you out and you desperately need yeah. it put it to good use but other... This is like a next level card that we had right here. Yeah, like but... not every single week is someone. No, but I'm not saying that. But like this did happen. Yep. 
So at least you know, spread it around a little bit. Create mm-hmm. some good vibes. Help someone out. But you have some news here. Is it breaking news? Or no, no, no. News? I was just kind of go through like the card. Um, uh, what fights are seemingly off? What fights are unknown? So Leon Edwards would have had to jump on a flight. I don't know what he's done yet versus Tyron Woodley. But he's kind of he doesn't really want to do it because this was supposed to take place in London. He's from London. Tyron Woodley was supposed to be flying over there. He gives up a lot of advantage, and this is a big fight for him. If he wins this, he's probably getting a title shot. So, do you think we'll, that the fighters we'll get? Do you there. think that the fighters will get like a fighters that agree to do this? Because I mean, it's one thing to say, "Hey," and they're in the same boat as a lot of freelance writers. If fighters don't fight, they don't get fucking paid. No. So, some no, of them probably. Yeah. So, well, they might not feel pressure from the UFC to actually be on the card. They can say, "Hey, you know what? You can fight or you can don't fight. Just let us know." And if you test clean through this, you can fight. But I'm sure that there is pressure on them to be like, well, fuck this. I have to go fight. I need to make money. Yeah. That that is a shitty situation, but it's a similar situation that a lot of people are dealing with. Yeah. Dolby, Dolby versus uh, Roberts is canceled. Kevin Holland versus Jack Marshman, canceled. Uh, unknown about Vittori versus Stewart. Jack Shore versus Geraldo DeFreitas, canceled. Mark DeCasey versus Jai Herbert, canceled. <laughs> um, Paul Craig versus Ryan Spitten, unknown uh, at this time. Gabriel Benitez versus Laurent Murphy. Benitez, that was going to be the one I wanted to play. He was plus 150 against <laughs> Laurent Murphy. Um, that was the one that that, that that fight's been canceled. But yeah, as I go through this, it's just like over 50% of this fight card is canceled. It's just like European people who just can't get over here. Or a lot no, of them yeah, are that's, saying, that's, you know what? I don't want to be part of the spread of it. Yeah. I totally respect that as well. But uh, yeah, so but it, that, that, this, that's going to be this card could be literally uh, pretty much like an entire full slate of like twenty four fights. Yeah, but that, but that that's Cody's game. Cody, you're going to know all these like randos that pop up on this card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think like the advantage here is that like we know these fighters, and again, like as far as like the tape study goes, like I got it down. Like if you present me a fighter and you give me a few days, like I'll I'll get the assessment on them. I'm not worried about that. What I see happening here is that because this is a card that was supposed to feature a lot of European fighters, a lot of them may not be able to come over. But all the American fighters that either A, haven't flown over already, or B, did go over or are on their way back already, all of them will probably still be on the card versus late notice replacement American fighters. So I see a lot of the European guys falling out and a lot of the late replacements coming in, taking on some of these American guys. As far as like a main event, like Leon Edwards versus Tyron Woodley, great main event. But we saw um, Gilbert Burns. He won last night. He won. He did no damage. He smashed through Damian Maya, and now he's campaigning for the fight against either guy. So they're going to have options. They're going to have options to say, geez, you know what, Leon Edwards, he's already such a high-ranked contender. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to jeopardize his spot in line, so he's saying he's out. Well, Woodley, Woodley's a former champion. Woodley made a lot of money. But Woodley doesn't got all that money still left over. He's looking to fight. Guy fights once a year, and he needs his paycheck. I don't think he needs the paycheck. That's, that's probably an overstatement. Well, he's not going to fall back on that rap career, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> right, right. And in his TMZ career, like I'm not sure if it's paying the bills. But ultimately, like yeah, he's not desperate for money by no stretch of the imagination. I just think if they told him you can fight and make your $200,000 and you're going to fight Gilbert Burns. And uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned this earlier or not, but like, do you see also has a history of uh, backroom bonuses, right? Like under the table, thanks for helping us out money in your pocket, right? That'll be this. Like if you want to fight and you're going to allow us to fill a card and put a product on, uh, on air, whatever your, whatever your disclosed pay was, as far as the commission knows, like, you know, they're going to get a little extra money in their pocket for stepping up. And a lot of these guys that, if you're in the UFC, how, and Paul can definitely talk about this, but how many times do you see these guys in the UFC are begging for a fight? And these guys are like top-ranked contenders or, or they're just in the division, but like these guys want to fight three or four times a year. And the UFC is providing them with one or two fights a year, and they just want to go. And all my fighter friends, these guys, they're fighters, man. They will want to fight. They'll take a fight on a week's notice. They'll take a fight on three days' notice. If you're not in the UFC, even better. I will take a fight on two minutes notice to get into the UFC. If you are in the UFC and you're one of these guys on the, they have what, 600 guys on the roster. If you're one of these lowly rated guys, that's just like, Hey, geez, this is a chance for me to go out. And, and on top of all of that, right? All of the extra eyeballs. If I'm the fucking number 55th ranked guy in the division and I am not that good, or I'm an up and comer, I want to take advantage of this opportunity because, yeah, just like Pat was saying about earlier, if this was no circumstances around this UFC Brasilia event, how many people would have watched Malaki versus Ronica Maceo? How many people would have watched these lowly rated 
fighters on the card, they probably would have skipped the prelims. And, and, you know, the casual fans, they're not really on board with this card. But instead, you got a ton of people watching. So anybody who competes right now, it's good for their brand. You don't think that Charles Oliveira just gained a whole bunch of new fans from putting on a sweet fight um, you know, and having all those extra eyeballs on them. So not only are these fighters hungry to compete for financial reasons, but for anybody who's trying to work up you know, their own personal image, it's like they want to take advantage of the situation as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I can see this week's card, the what would have been UFC London, not going. Yeah, to give themselves extra preparation so they can make sure that they have stuff in place the next two weeks. I, that would be my prediction of what happens. That makes sense to me. I yeah. Then I, you have I was, testing I was telling time. You last night when you were like, oh yeah, you know we're gonna have the card next week, and I was just like, I think there's, and this was before like the announcement of uh, of it not taking place in London. I was just like. I think there's a less than 50% chance that this card actually happens. But it would make sense, too, because, like, I mean, the the one problem that they may encounter is that they cancel. They might feel that if they cancel one card, they'll kind of be strong-armed to canceling the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But it would make a lot more prudent sense to do this responsibly to say, hey, here are the fighters that we have in Las Vegas. And, like, it's not like the UFC doesn't have money. They have private jets. It's not like they're asking Woodley to get on like commercial flights. Dana, they can go fucking pick people up. Dana brings in snow into the fucking desert in Vegas for his kids on Christmas Day. He's got lots of money. Yeah, but like if, if the UFC... By, by, by Dana brings in snow, do you mean cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> but if you have like private planes that you have and still have access to and the pilots are good to go do it, you can go pick up fighters from all around. And then like if you try to test people on Wednesday, there's we've seen the rate of results for these tests coming back. It's not quick, but if you tried to schedule something for the following Saturday and then you give yourself like 10 to 14 days to test people and figure this out and actually confirm that people don't have it, then I think it like makes a lot more sense and you put that goodwill out there that you're actually doing this safely because if it seems like you're not doing it safely and you're rushing it just to get a product, I think that's where a lot of this backfires. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I don't know if they're going to try to rush it. Like, I think what you guys are saying makes sense. I think the likelihood of this card happening is probably less than it actually going through. But I got a gut feeling it's going through because where there's a will, there's a way. And also, the UFC hasn't just, it's not like it's an NHL game or a football game where it's like we're constricted to the fact that these guys got to go play an entire match and we need a big place to fit it. It's like you could really do it anywhere. The Apex makes the most center, uh, the most sense. But think about how many times they've ran the Ultimate Fighter. How many times that they've ran Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. It doesn't have to be a full card. It could literally be five fights. Dana White and them they they, they put on cards for those Contender Series where you've not heard of anybody on this card. Or that's a lie. You know, you've heard of a couple prospects here and there. But for the most part, it's like, geez, where do they wrangle up these guys for this fight? but they're there and they're fighting. And not only are you watching it, you're betting on it too, right? That's, it's a product purely based for people that want to gamble on something. So they don't have to say, like Paul was mentioning, let's say this UFC London card was a 12-fight card, and right off the hop, they're like, damn, we just lost eight of the fights. Well, what do we got left? We've got four fights left. Okay, then just go get two local guys from Las Vegas. And again, if we test these guys on Wednesday and it's a two-day turnaround, then we know by Friday if they're clean, which is coincidentally the day they got to weigh in. Oh, they're clean. They weigh in. They go back to their quarantined area, whatever it may be. And uh, and then, yeah, you fight the following day, right? You get it done. It's easy. It's in and out. They could even do something where they say use lower-end prospects instead of these high-end contenders or anything like that. Like, it doesn't have to be Woodley versus Leon Edwards. It could just be those Jack Marshmans of it. Uh, of course, he's from the UK, but I just mean, like, a lowly-rated guy on that card yeah. for, as an example. And just tell them, you know what? Just for safety reasons, you only get one cornerman. So I can't, I can't fly you in with a team of two, three guys. You're going to have your one key coach. And people can't say that's unfair because, like, I've been to so many events where you only were allowed one coach. One guy's allowed to enter the cage at a time. And these guys will still go out there and they'll still compete. Like, that's not going to be the difference maker. But at least that way you cut down on the amount of people there. If it's only a five-fight card, there's 10 fighters. They each get a cornerman. That's 30 people. Our production team's an additional 10, 15 people. Now you have 40, 50 people in there. That that can't be considered dangerous, is it? As long as you're testing them and there's, there's 50 people. Like, that's a low-end gathering here. Word on the street. Colby Covington. The great American winning machine stepping into it. He says, word on the street is at Leon Scott, which he calls uh, um, uh, Leon Edwards. I guess there's like a gay, I think it's like a gay porn star or something. 
Uh, <laughs> that that like he pretends the idea. So, so, that, so that's on brand for that's, him. That's on brand for him. So he basically like makes fun of the guy because he's like nobody knows who this guy is. Uh, word on the street is at Leon Scott is out. The at UFC and America need a hero. Who wants to see America's champ put on put the hashtag mega cape and beat the fuck out of Tyron Woodley live on ESPN this week for your personal entertainment and pleasure? Colby Covington stepping in. He wants it. He he sees the ad. They will they will let Colby Covington fight, even if it's a three fight card. Go on, Pat. Yeah, so there's you, you know who they could probably get rid of if we're trying to like like because you're gonna have to make certain sacrifices on the production team. I think they can get rid of like Bruce Buffer, the ring announcer guy with no fucking fans there. I mean, Buffer like, who, wasn't who, even there last who, night. It was uh, Joel Martinez. Yeah, but like, why do you need him? Who the fuck is he hyping up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't need, yo. You don't need you don't need ring card girls. You don't need that. Let's be honest here. Like, it's 2020. You don't really need them anyways. But. Uh, like you can definitely cut down on the amount of people that you have there and just yeah, keep it as a safe thing. At risk of the, the, the one, the one biggest thing is if you look at a, if you look at a basketball team, right? It's like those, they're all currently residents of that state for the time being for the season, even though you got Europeans and all that, like you, you're, you're currently living there. We're just fighting is a lot of foreign fighters flying in and out. That's what they'll have to stop. They'll just have to use local fighters for the time being and run a lot of more local cards. Yeah, like I said, if they do have access to private jets because you know they're owned by billi- billionaires, that you can go pick people up across the country, not necessarily internationally. But I'm sure that they have enough money too, because I'm pretty sure like the people own hotels as well. That like, hey, this is our quarantine hotel where we're putting up the UFC guys. They're going to fight on our cards, and even if it is only a four or five fight card. Then you know you block off three levels. You can provide a gym in there for people to go work out. There is a way to do it. It's very complicated and tricky to pull off. But the fewer amount of people that you have involved has to be the way to go. Yeah, and I think if you said, "Oh my God, we got to send out private jets. We got to rent out a whole hotel room. We've got to do this. We got to do that." It's like, guys, this is this is getting an expensive, and it's a big task. It's like, yeah, but the carrot is that there's some bigger money to be made. And if that's the case, you know, the UFC is well-staffed. Like, they'll do what needs to be done. The only thing is the negative press. Um, but again, like Paul was saying at the top of the show, the fucking company is based on negative press. Like, it used to be the dirt on the bottom of your shoe. That's what people thought about it. Human cockfighting, these guys are half-naked fight in a cage and now it's like it's acceptable and now that it's acceptable they have to they have to cancel and they have to do what's right it's like they're gonna do with them they're gonna do what's what's good for them and this is a big opportunity dana white one time said that cyborg cyborg looked like vanderlei silva in a dress and then proceeded to like mock her (laughs) in front of a fucking like scrum like dana Dana is not your uh, your David Stearns or your Gary Bettmans or even yeah. your Roger Goodell's. Like this guy, he doesn't he's, he's he doesn't the, live his life by the same. He's rules. Vince McMahon, except he gives, he gives less fucks than Vince. Yeah, McMahon. he does. Well, Vince is also yeah, he does. He does, but like okay, maybe not Vince McMahon in real life. Vince McMahon, who's on wrestling. Yeah, yeah. He's, that's Dana in <laughs> real yeah, life yeah. is Vince's, like, persona on, like, you're fired. Yeah. Mr. McMahon. Basically, yeah. When he's feuding with yeah, Stone Yeah, but if you, if, you, if you tweeted Vince McMahon, man, Raw's been horseshit the last month. Like, what are you doing? You, this is garbage. That would be as far as it went as far as communication. And he's, he's the kind of guy with a big ego that might take it out on a screenwriter, might fire somebody and be like, hey, you know what, some fan, not some fan, the fans don't like the direction it's going on. I'm, I'm going to shake things up. If you tweeted Dana White, this card's dog shit, he'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> like, he would reply to tell you to go fuck yourself and doesn't care about losing a fan. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, it's an extreme sport, right? And it, think about it, right? This doesn't change anything just because it's the only sport right now. It's a niche sport. It's always been a niche sport. It will always be a niche sport. It just happens to be that it's the only sport on right now, and therefore, it's not niche anymore. It's fucking popular currently. But, but yeah, they, they, they're still going to operate beyond the confines of the way they've always done things, I believe. Leon Edwards is out, by the way. Like, officially. Oh, yeah. Here's, here's the last thing I want to throw on there, too, right? Dana now has to... He now has to answer to his bosses because he's not completely calling the shots. He's got to look at it like, man, I got WME and like uh, there's, there's big investors and 
I get that maybe somebody could get into his ear and say, hey, Dana, like maybe maybe we should cancel. But those fucking idiots spend $4 billion on this thing. They're getting crunched. So they need to get a return on their investment, and they're getting it right now. So it's like, let's just let the dog off the chain for a few more weeks and see how this thing plays out. That's what's happening. All right. I think that'll do it. Yep. On the Pat Mayo Experience slash Dogger Pass podcast crossover. I promise to all of the MMA and UFC fans out there, when it's time to break down a card, Pat Mayo, nowhere to be seen. It will be Paul and Cody. But if we're going to come on and recap stuff and I'm actually watching it, eh, I want to get it on the conversation. Absolutely. For sure. And yeah, we'll be doing. You more. don't need me pr- we'll mispronouncing doing, names. We'll be doing more MMA content, obviously. Uh, if there's MMA fights going on, um, yeah, everything. The show, the show will go on. If not, it's going to be if Cody live from the racetrack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we yeah. had, we forgot to bring that up. It's like while the main eventers are about to take the walk, Cody posts. Uh, about to go take care of some real business. And I how believe do I have the picture up right now. And it's this motherfucker's about to about, about to jump onto a horse. Like, Cody, you are the most interesting man in MMA. Oh, I appreciate the kind words, my friend. How did the horse do? Yeah, good. So so we're racing him at Flambro, and uh, it's the maiden. He's a, he's three years old, so he's only had four lifetime races. So he's still learning. We're still bringing him along. And the fastest that he had gone, he had gone two minutes and one second. It's a half mile track. It's not a full mile. So the times are a little slower. He'd gone 201 his last four starts. He's made like 1300 bucks. And then, uh, and then last night, this race, like it was, uh, it was crazy. It went 56 and one, but he went his own personal mile in 58 and two. So he shaved off a full three seconds from his personal best time and just seemed way more interested in the race himself. Like he got stalled cover in front of him. So he had to tip too wide around him, and then that kind of pushed him back a little bit. But, like, very, very happy. Like, I was going to sleep good regardless because, you know, I made a lot of people's nights, and I had a good night myself, obviously. But uh, old Barney Google, we didn't name him, by the way. That's how he come. Old Barney Google put a big smile on my face. So he'll be racing again next week, and uh, definitely looking forward to that. Good luck to, what, Barney Google, you called him? Barney. Barney. Barney, like the purple dinosaur. Yeah, right, Barney nice. Google. It, see, his, his mom's name was Google Google. So they retain the Google, and then I don't know how we ended up with Barney, but he is a big suck, fucking big old son of a bitch. Hopefully, he, uh, <laughs> I think he's going to pull it together. Do you think Tim would call him Barney the Google? Absolutely. I need I need Tim to put money on the rest of the field, and then I don't want that. old Barney. Uh, I actually talked to a few of my horse racing betting friends. So, you know, if UFC goes away, maybe we had to start doing some horse racing betting. And it's not just Cam. I actually yeah. have some, like, super sharp people. Ben Raza. Yeah, he knows. He loves his ponies. And Cody. You know obviously. what? It's like we're we're basically back in, like, war times. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's on, everybody's on this, like, lockdown, horse racing. right? Right. All the supplies are out. Everyone's like suggested to stay home. Like all the services, like the 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 Boston or, uh, the Boston Marathon's canceled. Um, the St. Patrick's Day Parade canceled. If the Olympics get canceled, like that stuff only happens during wartime. And during wartime, it was only well baseball's out, but it was uh, basically prize fighting and horse racing. Mm-hmm. That's where we stand, boys. Good time to be alive. Despite the fact that we're during currently dealing with a pandemic. Yeah, that that's the bad that's, that's the downside. The Just stay at home and be safe. Watch this show, watch some UFC, join the movie bracket, <laughs> rewatch. That's yeah. the whole thing. We're we're gonna be talking about sixty four movies, so there's sixty four movies you can go watch if you want to and really get engaged. But Cody Saftik, thanks for being on the line at CJ Saftik on Twitter, Paul Shag, the producer of the Pat Mayo experience. You've seen the switch in the camera here yep. as we talk. So we can bring these shows like I said the other day. It's like when the nuclear bomb yeah, went, we, went off in Springfield and Krusty had his own chance. When I say it's just the two of <laughs> yeah. us, it's literally just the two of us because I have a keyboard here that I have been switching the entire show while all of our equipment remains just, unmanned. Exactly. So at Paul Shag on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow, obviously me at the PME, Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebooks. We got a ton of content coming out every single day for everyone. I told you about the draws for 100 DK bucks, the draws for 20 DraftKings dollars and go tell a friend spread the show around don't spread coronavirus spread the show that's what you should be spreading all right probably a mistimed joke but either way I'm Pat Mayo thank you all for watching tune in tomorrow I'll see you next time Pat Mayo experience experience